Welcome back to the I Am Nerd Podcast, guys. We're here for episode 23, and we are going to just be talking about a bunch of different things today, actually. Um, we didn't want to do a specific topic today. We have a lot of things that we could cover. We still have to talk about My Hero Academia. We still have to talk about Death Note, uh, the new show Squid Game. I started some show called Mushoku Tensei, the Final Fantasy episode. There's a, there's a bunch to cover. There's still a lot of things to cover, but we just wanted to have like a general nerd discussion kind of like you know what kenny and i talk about regularly before we even started this podcast so that type of thing just to hang it yeah i mean this is kind of this is the reason why the podcast exists yeah it's just yeah, us hanging honestly. out and talking yeah um so first things first though i want to shout out our patrons over on patreon because we got a new one and i just want to get them out the way in the very beginning because you're mm. at the end mm. so let me let see them if know. i can find the list let them know let them know they feel appreciated yeah. Right in the beginning. All right. So over at Patreon, we have Connie, Austin, uh, Leon, Quest, Garen, Xavier, Hylian, Sarah, and TCG Automotive. Uh, TCG mm. Automotive and Sarah are our newest patrons. Welcome to the group. Uh, thanks for we, we appreciate having you guys. And quick and reminder to the Patreons, Patreons, Patre- whatever the fuck it is. The Patreons. <laughs> I like that. The Patreons. Feel free to abuse us i feel like you guys haven't abused us enough send us messages and request things and force things upon us that'll make me hate you yeah like for the any, love yeah if you guys hate. want us to talk about something specific you guys on patreon do have the power to do that so you know any topics that you guys want to suggest we will happily talk about um as long as it's you know somewhat nerd related that'd be great and yeah all right so to start off this episode i actually want to read a listener letter that we had from I believe it's from Austin. Let me just open up our Gmail. So if you if you guys want us to read anything out loud on the show, you can hit us up at IamTherePodcast at gmail.com, uh, and we will read your listener letter on the show eventually. Uh, we have one from Austin here, and it is on the PS1 episode. So he says, I'm someone who never had a PS1, kind of like how you were, Kenny, I think. Um, yeah, I didn't until super a- get into PS1 until after I had a PS2. Yeah, so he said the same thing, until after I got a PS2 as well. Most of my friends or family had them, so I got to play a lot still. I remember my neighbor got me into Resident Evil, and I even got the second one on N64. The Soul Reaver game was the one I I want to really go back and play through. I remember it being a lot of fun, but I never got the chance to beat it. I can't remember if it was on PS1 or PS2, but did you guys play the Tenchu series? Tenchu? Yeah, I re- yeah, I have to look it up too. I remember seeing Tenchu in Game Informer though. Um, I don't, I don't think I've ever actually played it, but I, I remember seeing the game come up a lot in Game Informer uh, magazine. And if you don't know what Game Informer magazine is, I'm sorry. I just looked up Tenchu. I actually don't think I've ever seen this game. I've not. Uh, I don't I've, think I've ever seen this. I've definitely. This is this is some super old. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is like. This is taking it back, back. This is this is definitely some old PlayStation Game Informer magazine type shit that you'd see. You 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 probably never buy, but if somebody let you borrow it or if you can like borrow uh rent it from Blockbuster or some shit, I guess that's how you play it. it looks like kind of looks like some kind of Ninja Gaiden type game, like that that type of vibe. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, I've never I, played I can't this. Say, I, I can't say I don't think I've ever even seen it, honestly. Yeah, Stealth Assassins. I yeah, uh, does not sound familiar. I guess the only stealth game I really did play was Metal Gear Solid, especially Sons of Liberty, the second Metal Gear Solid game, where you play yeah. mostly as Raiden, and you you pretty much go around a fucking bunker in stealth the entire game. And I guess that's what you do in the first one, too, with Snake. But yeah, that's the only stealth game. I'm not really big into stealth. What was that Tom Clancy Splinter Cell? That was another big yeah. stealth game when we were growing up. That game my won, first, like... 
My first stealth game was Pokemon Red. <laughs> sneaking, sneaking around the fucking <laughs> the you know, trainers, bug catcher number sixty eight on Route forty four, and they're all fucking. They how they like turn and spin and shit. You're like, I don't yeah. fucking feel like fighting another one of you guys. Do they still do you. that in the most in the most recent uh, Pokemon games? Uh, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Like if you I walk mean, in front of a trainer in the wild, they just fucking yeah, attack yeah. you. Yeah, they still do that. Um, yeah, they still do that. Yeah, yeah. I never really was big into stealth games. I am more of a in your face. I, I'm in a vanguard. I like to attack, and I like to I like it to be known that I'm attacking. Which is probably why I did enjoy a bit of Dynasty Warriors at first because it was just so mm-hmm. blatant. You're just going to war with a fucking ton of people. In the vanguard, that's what you and me used to always say about when we were playing Monster Hunter. Like I want to be in the fucking front. All right. Yeah, I'm not a support type. I mean, I can play support, but I prefer to be in the vanguard. Like I can play a hunting horn. You know, I could be. Uh, I wonder. I got. Yeah, I guess. I guess I could be a gunners can be in the vanguard or they could be a support type so mm-hmm. when i'm gunning i can be a support gunner if i will you know paralyze the monster sleep the monster all that stuff but pr- i prefer to be up close and personal that is that is my preferred play style and everything and most games where you get to choose a class like i'll start off as warrior uh first or like fi- some kind of fighter like whatever is the up close i never really start off as a mage like i know medina is more so he'll be the black mage before he'll be like a warrior ever our friend medina yeah, but yeah. He's not into the up close and personal. Side note, um, I guess he didn't send the letter. So one of our patrons actually PM'd me, and I'm going to out him real quick. This is for you, Mango. <laughs> not Mango the Smash player. Um, man, that's not dope if he was a patron. <laughs> that would be wild. <laughs> but, Maybe uh, one day. <laughs> our boy Mango Hylian or Orange Hylian, uh, he hit me up after the Nintendo Directive, and he was like, Fraser really said that the last Kirby game was Crystal Shards. And I don't know if there have been any games since then. This man. <laughs> and, and I just told him, laughing my ass off, he really did. And he was like, I'm writing my first list, listener letter when I get home from work. But I guess I guess he forgot. He probably had a long day. But Orange Highly and I'm here for you. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't think I said that um, Crystal Shrouds was the last Kirby game. I'm pretty sure I said that it's the last one that I personally played. And I'm I'm sure they made ones in between or something along those lines. But you know, you guys can pull up, I guess, the the actual podcast clip and prove me wrong. And maybe if I said that's the last the last Kirby game, that's wild. Because I mean that shit came out. I mean that's a 64 game, so it came out like 20 years ago. I don't think it's but I'm I'm happy though that Kirby's getting a new game and it you know it's the graphics look really nice, it's on the Switch, I'll be able to take it with me if I wanted to. The only yes. time that's really a, applicable for me is on flights because they're safe. But uh because they're safe. Yeah, like we talked about this. We live in Philly, yeah. so all of that carrying your switch around on the train, um, yeah. that type of vibe, like I I'm that's not for me. That's not my life. What's dope I, though, I've been getting into I was talking about this the other day, but I've been playing my old Game Boy Advanced SP again. Yeah. And that is the most portable system. It's just so clean. And it's and, small. Um, and it, yeah, it's small. That that is a thing, and I can play it with one hand. Like if you can see my video. You can just hold and do everything you need to do with one hand on this thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I've been bringing it ev- for whatever reason. Everywhere I go recently, I've been bringing it. I just pop it out of my pocket, turn it on. Because it's a Game Boy, like it boots really quick. Like you get right back into the action, and like I'll yeah. play it for ten minutes, and then I'll close it again. Yeah. Speaking of what you just said, it's really small. Um, the Switch is actually pretty fucking big. Yeah, that's like, that's one of the reasons that makes it a little bit hard to be portable. I mean, yeah, it is like, portable. It but... is a portable system, but it is pretty big. Like, you need a bag to carry a switch. You can't yeah, really you put, put a switch. Pocket. 
yeah, there's no way you could put a switch in a pocket. That's not that's not a real thing. Unless um, you have nineties pants. Yeah, I mean, b- baggy clothes are back. You know, in, in terms of fashion, like they're back. Hmm. So I've been wearing a lot of baggy clothes. If you follow me on Instagram at Saint Alante, and Alante is my middle name for those who don't know, but uh, it's Saint and then A L L A N T E. Uh, over on my Instagram, you'll notice I've been wearing a lot of streetwear lately. And I started off, I guess, the way I used to dress was very, like, what's the word to use? Uh, Saint Laurent was, like, the model for me. So very skinny, tight clothing, especially when that, you know, that was in for so long. And only recently, I feel like, have straight leg and baggy clothes come back. And now it's just completely, like, taken over as that is what's in style right now is is big clothes. Like, your clothes should be not necessarily oversized because that period... There was a period from like 2017 to like 2018 where oversized clothing was a big thing, but and it would have been perfect to have a switch. I have this one fucking huge hoodie from mm. Balenciaga. It is gigantic. It is it is so big, and I could easily put a switch in the kangaroo pocket, and you would have no idea that there's a switch in there, or like it wouldn't be cumbersome to have it in my pocket. It would it would just kind of fit the whole aesthetic of just this big ass oversized hoodie that swallows me. But uh, so what you're saying yeah, is. I've held out just long enough where I'm back in style. You are back in style because you let's go. <laughs> you have never ever really gone into the skinny jeans <laughs> and the tight t-shirts. You skipped that entire period. That's so right. now, now now it's come you waited 20 years for this moment, but it's it's back. I'm back, baby. You're now, back. Now on top. I can finally say I'm stylish again. Yeah, your uh your clothes are probably considered like vintage now and stuff, which is uh-huh. new, like all your old uh-huh. Levi's and things that are huge. Dude. I saw somebody, I don't remember who it was, but I was just wearing a pair of jeans. Like, to me, normal-ass jeans. Yep. And Somebody wanted to know where they were from. Somebody was like, holy shit, you're wearing actual denim. And I was like, I mean, I don't know, they're jeans. Yeah. But he, he was, like, amazed, shocked that I was wearing, like, real <laughs> jeans. He was like, holy shit, like, that's, like, I like that fit and blah, blah, blah. I was oh like, dog, I've had these jeans for fucking 20 years. <laughs> Like that's hilarious. These, I've had these jeans forever. Yeah, the way you've been dressing forever is now a desirable look. Like that is how <laughs> the big hoodies. Oh, speaking of which, today's weather, at least in Philly, was super fucking nice. It was like sixty-six degrees. I just, and, I actually just came in from my run. Oh yeah, how was that? It was good. I mean, the weather. It's, I like the weather what it is right now because, like you just said, I went outside and it was like chilly. But I knew, like, as soon as I started running, because I had shorts and a t-shirt on, as soon as I started yeah. running, I wouldn't be cold. And uh, it was good weather. Like, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed it out there. Yeah, it no, it's, it's really nice. I went for a walk today. I had to send in my old iPhone 12 uh, as part of that upgrade program, like, where I get the new iPhone. I send in the old one and get the new one. So I had to finally ship that off today. And I got a nice walk in. And it it felt really good outside. And I stopped to get a hoagie, one of mm. Philly staples. Yeah, so mm-hmm. today was a pretty nice day as far as... You know, living my life and working from home, that that whole world. Oh, something I wanted to ask you though. You mentioned the Game Boy Advance SP. Did you used yeah. to play the Golden Sun games? I love Golden Sun. You did I play think those? Golden okay. Sun is one of it's like one of my favorite RPGs of all time. I love I played it's, them. It's in my top ten easy. Damn, top ten? I love Golden Sun. Like I would have to put so together good. a list. Like I would have to sit down. I don't know my top ten off the top of my head, but a lot of the ones that I named on the PlayStation One would be in my top 10. Like Legend of Dragoon for me would be like, for example, a top 10. Um, yeah. I enjoy random shit like Xenosaga. So I played Xenogears, but I never ended it. But Xenosaga, I really liked it. I don't know if it would be top 10, but I'm just kind of throwing it out there because if you played on the PS2, Xenosaga was kind of like an upgrade to Xenogears, but they're really not too related, at least from what I could tell. 
I need to go back to those. I've played played various Xenosaga and Xenogears, but I've never owned a single one. Like, I've just played them at friend's house. I didn't play, like, a game with Xeno in its title really until Xenoblade. And I think Xenoblade Chronicles 1... I think Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is good, a really good game, but Xenoblade Chronicles 1, the first one, that's on yeah. the Wii, the 3DS, the Wii U, I think, and the Switch. Fucking play it wherever you want. That game is stellar. Like, absolute 1 million percent recommend. I yeah. think I recommended the, it before. You did, and it's still on my. It's on the top of my list of games that I'm going to play. Uh, I tried to start recently the Tales of Arise series. Um, I played, like, the first two hours of it, and I honestly really couldn't get too into it. I was expecting the normal Tales formula, and it's a little different than what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that game, the battle system changed a lot from every other Tales game. It's it, They've completely reworked the battle system. Like, you know, in the old games, you had uh, TP, like tech points or whatever, yep. and that's how you used your arts. And every time you attack, you would get a little bit of TP back. So you could use your arts. So you can kind of spam them. In this game, you have a meter kind of to use your arts and then the meter recharges over time. So like you can spam arts and then the meter is all the way down and you can't use arts for a while. And then the meter goes back up and you can start using them again. Mm-hmm. So in that way, it's kind of infinite, but it's also like timed in that way. Yeah. It's um, like a cooldown. Yeah, it's a cooldown and it requires much more patience, which I'm not used to in tails games, tails games for the most part, you can just go up to monsters and just start swinging that shit <laughs> and they will just die. Like that is pretty much every tails game. You can run, run to a monster's back, and just start slashing and then throw out a, or a demon a demon thing here and there. And like that will get the job done 99% of the time. But in this new Tales of Arise, it requires a lot more patience, even on regular difficulty. I started the game off in normal because I, I want to be very casual with this game. Uh, I don't have as much free time that we are fucking content creators and everything. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try to play this game and try to speed through it. And I started it and I wasn't, honestly, I wasn't really feeling it too much. Like it does have a lot of those cliche. RPG and even Tales things, but then it kind of I don't know, something about it I'm just having a hard time connecting to it I'm, I plan to go back to it, but maybe not immediately I, I almost feel like I just want to jump into Xenoblade instead first. So I haven't I haven't even started Tales of Arise yet, and I've been struggling to play new games in general like, Me too but for me, it's because I mentioned this the other day. I have been going ham on old games. I have on what? I've been, you've been going ham on what? Old games in general. Okay. Like just old games, uh, like emulators and shit. Yeah. I want to clarify something just so everyone knows and so the FBI knows. <laughs> emulators are legal. Emulators are 100% legal. There's nothing illegal about emulators. That's why it's, they never get DMCA'd or shut down. It's the ROMs. ROMs are illegal. Yep. Uploading and downloading ROMs are illegal. However, it is completely legal if you own a game to dump that game and back it up on your computer for your own personal use. So if you have an emulator and you ha- you own a copy of the game and back it up on your own computer, you can use the emulator. Now, that's what I've been doing. <coughs> that's what I've been doing. And um, Oh, God. So I've been playing... A ton of um, these games. There's this emulator. Well, it itself isn't an emulator, I guess, but it's called RetroArch. Um, our friend Medina told us, told me about it a while ago, and I used it a while ago, but I didn't really dive into it until recently because anybody that uses Steam, the essential, uh, basically the PC version of a console, right? If you download Steam, you can 
your PC can function like a console. Basically, it has like the the PlayStation layout, not the PlayStation layout, but it, it it's like a, it has like a, uh, a game store and whatever organizes your games in one spot. On Steam, you can download RetroArch, and it's literally an like an emulator database. And yeah. then through RetroArch, you can get your hands on a bunch of different emulators like N64, Game Boy, PlayStation, GameCube, etc. And you can organize it. You can set it up so your games have like their actual thumbnails with a box art. So I've been like going ham, organizing like this uh, my RetroArch layout because I plan on streaming like a bunch of these games. It has a bunch of really cool functionalities. It has online play. Like you can, like I can boot up Mario Kart 64, and then you and me can set it up so that we can play each other online. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so same thing with Diddy Kong Racing then. Diddy Kong Racing, Mario mm-hmm. Party, Smash 64, and GameCube games as well. Like anything, like you can just. You can set up online play through this. It's really nice. Uh, yeah, that's actually pretty dope. I think you can also even... I haven't fully looked into it, but let's say you're playing a Pokemon game, right? You're playing Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire. Like, I think you can set it up where you can actually make it so that you guys can link cable trade each other. Like, if I wanted to link cable trade my friend through this emulator, like I'm pretty sure I could, which hasn't really been done in the past for a really long time. So I've been dumping so much like effort into that because I plan on just... I don't know. That's why I've been having trouble getting new games and stuff, because I'm like, I don't, for the next, I don't know how many streams, I'm probably just going to be streaming retro games. Like, yeah. I might just be going ham on retro games. It I all started love- when, our, when our patron, Leon, hooked hooked me up with that 64, and it's just like, I dove into the old school 64 shit and just started yeah. going ham. I love living in nostalgia land. Like, and the, the feel, like, nostalgia is such a good feeling. The feeling you get when you hear old music. Even when you turn on Ocarina of Time, just the sound, the, horse. the first sound, yep, the horse and everything, like just everything, hearing the Ocarina itself and the sadness and the, and the music, everything, it just kind of takes me back. All of the old battle themes from Final Fantasy VII, VIII, IX, uh, Legend of Lagaya, like all of that stuff just takes mm. me back to when I was a kid. And I love that feeling. So I often find myself wanting to play older games more than I do games that are like games that are coming out now. I don't even yeah. know. I'm trying to think if there's anything. I mean, in the Nintendo Direct, there were games that are coming out that I do want to play. Mainly the Kirby game. Obviously, Monster Hunter's expansion. That's going to be huge. But those games are actually far as fuck away. So, well, Voice of Cards comes out soon. Yeah. And I know I, you I, love that shit. I'm not I'm as gonna, enthusiastic about it, but I'm, I'm going to watch you play it, and then I'll determine if I want to jump in that. So I'm going to jump onto Voice of Cards in one moment. To, on the last thing about the uh, retro art thing, there's a website, a separate website called Retro Achievements. If you make an account on this website called Retro Achievements, you can link it to Retro Arc, which is like the emulator thing. If you link your accounts up on that, you actually it gives achievements to old school games, and like the achievements pop up like they would on Xbox or PlayStation. So if you're playing Pokemon Blue and you have this account link up. You'll be playing Pokemon Blue and you'll beat Brock and like achievement will pop up and it'll be like, you know, defeated the first gym leader. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So it adds achievements to all these old and in general, I'm not really an achievement hunter. Like I like them, but I don't super care about them. But the fact that they're in all these old school games, I'm now like, hey, this is a new thing I kind of want to do. Like go for all these different achievements. Yeah, I, um, I like the idea of that, too. That's one thing that old games did not have. And it would be pretty cool to have them like add it to old games. So I, I, I like yeah. that. It's uh, it's really fun. On the note of Voice of Cards, the demo was out on Nintendo Switch. And so the other day I tried the demo and I I was already saying during the one episode that I was already in love with the game. But having now played the demo, I am in love, love with 
Really? It is it's that so good already? Fucking good. It's you should stream the demo. Like when? When does the game come out? It comes out October twenty eighth. Oh, so it comes out soon. Like literally yeah. a month from now. Okay. And it's only thirty dollars. It's pretty cheap. The game's only thirty dollars. And so here's the thing: it's literally just a JRPG, which is really cool. So it's it's just a JRPG, but instead of it being whatever normal JRPG would be, everything is done through the cards, and it plays like you're in somebody's house at his table. And the guy, like, you're playing a tabletop game like Dungeons and Dragons. So the whole game is voiced by, like, this narrator. And the narrator is supposed to be the other guy. He's like, oh, you know, hey, welcome to the game. And, like, when the queen is talking, he talks like, he, it's still his voice, but he's voicing the queen. And he's like, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And, like, and this is what the queen said. And then, like, when the other guy talks. So it's, like, literally one voice actor doing everything. And it's a really good voice actor. And you move through the whole game. Every Literally everything is cards. All the monster art character art everything is just cards but it just plays like a normal jrpg like you have your party get uh you get new cards that act as upgrades cards are your different attacks and skills and spells your equipment so it's just like this weird tabletop rpg version of just a jrpg because most the gameplay plays out like a jrpg yeah Uh, but i i played the demo and i was all the way in like it was so fun i'm glad to hear it uh i'm definitely watching play that because if it's good, I'll jump into it too. Like I, I have no idea if I'm going to like it or not. But yeah, I, I, currently I'm playing nothing. I've been playing more Smash Bros. online lately than anything else. And yeah. you know, I'm I'm a casual on Smash Bros. for the most part. Like I, you know, I, I like to win and everything like the next person. But I do not. I don't go in training mode and like lap combos. I don't do anything like that. But I just kind of play casually with my friends. And my one friend Jalen, we've been playing online a lot lately. Now, mind you, I have never played Smash Online until this week. Like this is mm-hmm. the first week of my life mm-hmm. that I've ever played Smash Online, and uh, you know it's bad. Like it, it is, it is just <laughs> as bad as they said it was. It's atrocious. Uh, there is a lot of input lag. I think there is a minimum of five frames of input lag or something like that. Like something crazy. Um. So as soon as we started playing, because I play Sephiroth, Joker, and now Diddy, but mainly I start off with Sephiroth, and I just wasn't ready for, like, Sephiroth's already a character that kind of swings slowly, yep. so I just wasn't ready for uh, even slower, char- like, an even slower character than the one I'm already using. Like, he's already pretty slow as far as his uh, moves coming out. Now, he's not, his movement speed isn't slow, but just him actually swinging is, is already laggy, and that the game just adds more. The good thing is, uh, Smash Online caters to heavies or people who hit hard. And Sephiroth, he's not a heavy by any means. He's the same weight as me too. So he's pretty light, but he hits hard as fuck. So when you do get hit by Sephiroth, like you, you die pretty easily. And online, it's harder to react to things. So if I throw out a forward smash, they're much safer online than they are offline. Yeah. So I, I've been one playing reasons, a lot of that. It's one of the reasons why, probably why I use Ganon so much in Smash Ultimate because I just I do love Ganon in that game, even though he's not that good. But I hate the online so much, and I don't feel like using a super technical character. Like I just want to hit shit hard. I'll just pick Ganon and punch you. Yeah, no, I got like, you. And I, like I try funny. to use Kazuya. Like I've been practicing Kazuya, but online he's impossible. At least for me, he's impossible to use. Oh yeah, because t- timing is everything with that character. Like yep, literally the electric wind godfist thing is that's like his best move and. If you can't get the timing down right, I mean it's hard to do it offline. So, yes. So I can't imagine online. But yeah, I've been playing a lot of a lot of Smash Online, which is something I never really thought I would do. But it's just me and my one friend. We kind of play, and I just, you know, usually just 
beat the shit out of him because he's he's relatively new to Smash. I think he just started playing it. I want to say less than a year ago. So he's still trying to learn. He's like, "How are you just good at this game?" And I keep telling him, "I am not." Like I yeah. am not. What I had to do though. So this past weekend was a big Smash Ultimate Tournament glitch, and uh, him and I were, pl- we were we had FaceTime going on. And we were playing Smash online. I said, yo, I'm also simultaneously watching Glitch on my other screen. And I sent him a link to it. It's like, this is what the top looks like. And it happened to be MK Leo versus Esam the first mm. time. Mm. Like, winner's quarters, I think it was. And I said, this is the best Pikachu in the world versus the best player in the world. And I was like, so you're going to see a lot of crazy shit. And, and there was a lot. of The, the match immediately started with Esam zero to deafing by lift as the very first thing that happened. Nothing like the match. Three, two, one, go. Zero to death. Like immediately. So he was like, holy shit. I was like, the yeah, one, this is what the top of the mountain looks like. The one combo I saw, the one Esam combo I saw was. That was so a tournament winning combo. The tournament winning combo was wild. That was so. He does like this crazy like. Five, back six, air, combo. Back air, yeah. yeah, like back air, back air, upper, upper, upper air, and then thunder. He drop, he drops down him, thunder. He hits him with a thunder cloud, and the, the thunder cloud spikes him into Pikachu itself, and he gets hit with the end part of the thunder and yeah. dies. Yeah, if you get hit by Pikachu after Pikachu got struck by thunder, it's just like GG. That move has so much knockback. That, that shit, shit was, was fire. So it was also crazy because that that particular game. Esam SD'd in the first 10 seconds of the match. So Esam immediately SD'd, and this is like a game. I think this was game for Leo, which is like a you know a myth in Ultimate where uh, the best player in the world in game four, he's more likely to beat you in game four than any other game because he's just so destructive when it comes to game four for some reason. Like just statistically, he's insane in game fours. Anyway, so when he SD'd, he was just really sad, and like you even saw on the camera. Uh, Esam kind of dropped his controller and was just kind of shaking his head and a little disappointed, but then he picked it back up and he, he ends up winning the match and winning the tournament. And it's, it's kind of wild, the triumph that he had in that tournament, but uh, mm. really good set to watch. I, I'm a big fan of watching Smash competitively. It is one of my favorite things to do simultaneously this past weekend. So I was watching Glitch for Smash. I was also watching a European Remote Duel Invitational. And so some Yu-Gi-Oh! And that was fun. So I was watching two things on Twitch at once, basically, and yeah, I enjoyed both of them. Stream monster. I was. I was. In, I was absorbing a lot of content. Um, and I got to see one of the decks that I actually don't know much about, which is Dragon Link. So I, I know a lot about Tribegate, Drytron, uh, Phantom Knight, Prank Kids, and yeah, those are probably like the main decks that I know a lot about as far as current Yu-Gi-Oh. But I don't really know much about Dragon Link because I don't think anyone at my local plays it. And the other deck I don't really know much about is Virtual World. So as I was as I was watching the coverage, the decks that were in top four were like two Dragon Link decks mirror matching, and then the other two decks were Altergeist versus Drytron. And honestly, all of the matches were interesting because they definitely had the turn one I win thing going on. Uh, one of the games literally ended because the guy flipped up Imperial Order, a card that should just not be illegal, just just should not be like he orders back. Order is back, Kenny, and it's actually they, they tried to errata it, but honestly, the errata is nonsense. The errata just says, uh, you know how Imperial Order used to say, on your standby phase, pay 700 or destroy this card? Yeah. So now, it says during every standby phase, so you and your opponents, uh, you must pay 700. Okay. And 
you can't cut it off now is the thing. And it also takes 700 on your turn and their turn. So it takes 1400 per round, but like game, as you know, games do not okay. last long. Yeah, sure. they don't last long, they, and they they haven't lasted long in a very long time. So it doesn't really it doesn't say like your opponent can only activate one spell per turn or something. I don't know. I don't know any other kind of errata that would have made the card like shit. It, it's still Imperial Order when it's flipped. It still has the exact same effect as in, that Imperial Order has always had in the game. Is like holy shit, that's really annoying. And yeah. I'm probably I play all lose my now. spells. I play all my spells. Do my whole combo. I set Imperial Order. Go. Yep. You so try to lot- start your turn, I Imperial Order. Okay, I win. <laughs> yep, and that's pretty much what happened. The guy actually ended up having a Twin Twister, which is a buffed version of MST. Do you know what Twin Twister does? I do. I okay, do so he had Twin Twister, so he did like Twin Twister, discard a card, target Imperial Order, target another card. But at the end of the day, um, it just wasn't enough to deal with the guy set up, and he ended up losing. So, uh, And then the Dragon Link Mirror Match... The guy who went first in the first game, I you know, usually like they just combo out and it's just game. But he he bricked. And or no, I'm sorry, he didn't really brick. His opponent opened up with a bunch of hand traps. I'm pretty sure he had three hand traps. He got like draw lockbird, he got gammaed, and maybe something else. So he got like hand trapped until he pretty much got sent into a brick. And yeah. then the other guy, when he started playing his own turn, it looked like he was doing a lot, but then he got hand trapped and hit and then he stopped. So it, it actually was more of a duel than I'm used to seeing. And that was interesting to watch. Um, and it was a lot of respect because in game three, they went into, or they were about to go into time. And then the new time rules in Yu-Gi-Oh are really toxic, but like when they call time, whatever phase you're in, that's the end of the game. So like it was main phase one, that's it. Like whatever happens in main phase one is it. you compare life points, the game's over. So apparently these two guys who were mirror matching, we're kind of like me and McCabe, where they have the deck built together and they're playing each other as like they're friends. Yeah. So they la- they lab the deck, they've tested the deck extensively up to this event. Um, kind of the same thing that we used to do on Dueling Network back in the day. And so they've tested the deck a lot together and now they're playing each other in top four. And it's about to go to time. And the one player could, bl- it's, it's, it's literally about 40 seconds left on the clock, let's say. I'm just going to throw up a number. But it was it was less than a minute left on the clock. And the one guy could literally, if he wanted to, like he could literally, um, he was up in life. He could literally stall. And it wouldn't even, it wouldn't even be a stall that you could really call out. Like he could play the game actively enough to, to win the game that way, right? Yeah. But it was so respectful and so honorable of him. He passed his turn. Um, and then on his opponent's turn, because he could also just do something else ignorant that I've seen people do. So on his opponent's turn, he could also just act like he's thinking on every everything that the guy does. So the guy starts playing really fast with his like 40-second turn. He's like, uh, activate this spell, search my deck, get this card, summon this out, uh, banish this, summon this. Like he's doing all that, you know, really, really yep. fast. Yep. And honestly, the other guy, if he wanted to be a scumbag about it, he could have literally been like, hold on, I'm thinking on this, or I'm thinking on that. And, it, you know, it would just literally freeze the game. Like, yep. And I've seen this happen so many times. It really fucking sucks. But when I watched this happen, I was like, holy shit. That's actually really good, especially on stream to see that. Like, like, he was trying to, he was, he wanted to play Yu Gi Oh! Like, he he wanted did. To actually, he wanted to either win or lose Yu Gi Oh! Yeah, like fair and square. And I thought that that was really good. So I'm glad that we didn't have to see something so cringe on stream because I was, I was ready for it. I was fully ready for him to, even though the guy's his friend, I was ready for him to scumbag and he didn't do it. So I was really happy about that. And it, it's kind of sucks the way I'm talking about it because I'm, I'm pretty much happy about something that people should be doing anyway, but yeah. I just have to throw it out there. Like, it's just something that you I guess the, ca- the counter argument is like, Hey, if we're playing competitive, like this is the rules, the time yes. is part of the rules. And like, you got to play the timer, right? 
I just wish the timer was cooler. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like you said, like the time is part of the rules. And I really hit the new time rule because in my opinion, it, it kind of encourages some very toxic things. So to see yeah. someone not take advantage of it was just a breath of fresh air because I have blatantly seen it be taken advantage of in other settings and I'm not a fan. Do you think it'd be better if if when the time was up, the game's just over? Like there's no like, there's no- uh, I have one better. I think that the when time is called, I think that the turn that is currently being played should just be the last turn and that's it. Okay. Cause like in my head, I don't think there's anything wrong with just letting people get to their battle phase and their end phase and just resolve all the things they can resolve in that one turn and that be it. I don't like it being the phase is the end of the game because when you do that, you promote uh, decks that can do burn damage or gain life. Those yeah. decks have a natural advantage and a natural incentive to stall the game out. They want to go into time more than any other deck. Like if your deck can only deal damage in battle phases, your deck is intrinsically worse in a long game than a deck that can gain life or do burn damage or do both, yeah. like, like prank kids. The old so, time rules were like, when time is up, there's like three more turns or something. Yeah, yeah, right? you guys each get two more turns. So like finish the current turn, then your opponent gets two more turns, you get one more turn. So it's basically everybody has four turns and that's it. And I like that too, but that that can take a very long time because as you know, Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. now the games take so long, even though the games are only two turns anyway, like normally. Yeah. And they still somehow go into time and they take fucking 15 minutes each and all that stuff for per turn. Like it, the games take a while. So I guess they realized turns are so long now that turns are the same amount of time as a whole duel could be in the past. So that being said, they created this new time rule so that we weren't leaving the venue at like 1 a.m. Because that shit started to happen too common. And so I understand that from Konami's standpoint because I think they have to pay like fines or extra fees if, you know, yeah. you run over time, right? But... But I don't like this rule where it's just like, let's promote the decks that can do burn damage or gain life. And the decks that only can deal damage with battle phase, they kind of just lose out. If you made it to at least the end of the phase, then it's like, okay, at least once time is called and it's my turn, I could just like fully think out my, my last, this is the last turn. I can fully think it out. I have my battle phase, like everything's fine. Yeah. And if I can't win in that turn, that's fine. Like I should have, you know, both players should just play faster, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, but, I do think you should be able to look at like <clears throat> finish your turn. Like, what, like your deck is a turn based game. It's not yeah. an active game like a fighting game. In a fighting game, in ninety nine seconds, the game's over. But in a fighting game, it's always active and both players are always playing. Whereas in Yu Gi Oh, it's a turn based game, and so when it's my turn, like that's my that's when I'm actionable. So yeah. If time is called, I think allowing that to just kind of run its course, I think would be fine. Yeah. Yeah, I understand I'm not wanting uh, games to be as long and all that. Like, I, I totally get that because Yu-Gi-Oh! games, they do take a long time. And one of the problems that we used to have at regionals, because I judge regionals for a very long time, uh, Philly regionals are always 10 rounds these days. And so they, they used to go legit until 11 p.m. to midnight. Mind you, they would start at, like, 10 a.m. So, you know, that's that's a that tournament's longer than 12 hours. Uh, a lot of times it's a 14-hour tournament. Mm. And that's kind of ridiculous. 14 hours for 10 rounds at a regional. Uh, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. Most rounds would take... So, the, you know, you get 40 minutes per round, right? And at these field regionals... And this is probably true across every regional, but I'm just going to use the one that I judge the most. At these field regionals, it would probably... Every round would take an hour and 10 minutes to be fully over, which really sucks. Uh, if not more, depending... Like, the bad part is that one table could actually hold the entire tournament hostage. Yep. So yeah. 
if they call time and everyone is done except these two players, right? Well, everyone has to wait until these two players finish their zero, one, two, three, and then it's over. Like that whole four turn extra thing that you yep, get. Yep. And that could take, I've seen that shit take literally 30 more minutes. Like after they call time, you know, it's 40 minutes has, has been over and everybody gets their two extra turns that those two extra turns have, I've literally seen it take in half hour just to finish everything they're going to do. It's so annoying. You know what they should add? Honestly, What's they should that? just add the, uh, the clocks like in chess. Oh yes. The turn clocks. And you have to like, hit the button when your turn's over and like your turn, your turn has a timer. And yeah, like, if you want to small, go ahead. But there should be turn clocks. Like it's used in competitive chess. It's used in competitive Pokemon as well. In competitive Pokemon, you have a turn clock. If your turn, you know, blah blah blah. Like if you're t- if you're if you run out of time on your turn, your turn's over. Like you don't get to pick your attack or whatever. That is also true in Hearthstone. In Hearthstone, like <clears throat> you have you know a good amount of time, but the you do have a timed turn. So. If you take too long, this little fuse starts to go across the screen, and it kind of makes a sound like an actual fuse um, mm-hmm. burning. But it tells you, like, yo, when this fuse is done, your turn's over. It doesn't matter what the fuck you're doing. Like, your turn's over. So you need to hurry up and play faster. And I, w- I would honestly like that because it would also train players to play faster, which would be nice. Yeah, because, you know, what's iffy is that forever there's been this weird nebulous rule of, like, stall like purposely stalling yeah but it's really nebulous because there's no real rule for how long my turn can be yeah there's no rule against like me thinking and me intentionally stalling like it's just really nebulous and up in the air they just need to add a hard turn clock and then that's it like it's yeah and a lot of people have this notion i don't know if this is true or not but after every action you pretty much have like 30 seconds to do the next action if that's true that's fucking bad as well because that can just yeah. be exploited by certain decks that have a lot of actions, but that don't necessarily lead anywhere fast, mm-hmm. right? Like, Prank Kids have a lot of actions that don't really do much at first. You know, they add, like, eventually, their, the end of their turn is broken as fuck, like, when they end their board. But literally, go on Summon Prank Kid, make a Link Monster, then activate the effect of the Prank Kid in the graveyard. That's, like, a bunch of things happening, but not much has actually happened in terms of, like you winning the game yet. Yeah. And if you got 30 seconds in between every one of those things, like summon this Link monster, activate my guy, search my deck, summon, 30 seconds. Link off again, make this next guy, activate the guy in the graveyard, summon. And then you got to keep yeah. doing that in 30 every seconds. Every two cards, every two cards is a minute. Yeah, it's like, that would be wild. So I don't know if that is actually true. I could run. It so much. Like, I don't, <laughs> off the top of my head, I don't know how long chess turns are, but I feel like chess turns are 60 seconds. But now, mind you, in chess, you move one piece. And you yeah. You're playing multiple cards. So it should probably be longer than 60 seconds. Yeah. But there should be a definitive turn clock. And look, if it makes Konami's budget high, higher because they have to have a fucking turn clock at every table, I think so be it. They make enough money. I'm not fucking crying for Konami. Yeah, no, um, no one is. Like, but they, I, I really think it's been so long. I think a turn clock would fix a lot of these problems. Yeah, that would be nice. I mean, it is in most games, too. Like, in most of the... um competitive online games maybe maybe when they do the master duel thing i can't imagine that master duel will be untimed so they oh, might dude. just figure that it's easier to implement online that just reminded me of like playing dueling book i was playing dueling oh, book God. a couple weeks ago or months ago now and i was playing somebody like in a ranked game and their turn like i swear this one guy's turn was like 20 like i watched i was just watching anime like during his yeah. turn. Like, 
his turn was for I was like, why? And I was searching the screen. I was like, there has to be a turn timer somewhere that I can click nope. and, and like force it on. And there's because when I play Pokemon Showdown, which is like essentially the dueling book equivalent of competitive Pokemon, there's a turn timer and it's like it's on and like your turn is timed sh- like right away. And if you're yeah. not fucking picking your moves, like, oh well. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, one of the talk things about dueling network because you know it's dueling book now but back in the day dueling network when i used to play dueling network a lot i would beat people and they would just go afk and there was nothing built in that would just kind of like give me the win because my opponent went afk they could just do that shit and i'd have to wait for a judge and back then judges were super scarce so you could be waiting for a judge for literally 20 minutes it was was so annoying and i have to imagine that to some degree that probably still happens now because i don't think there's a timer it happened to me a month ago okay i i I called the judge (laughs) and I literally watched almost a whole episode of anime. A judge did not show up, and then the guy finally like played a card. I was like, "What the fuck is going yeah. on?" Yeah, and mind you, it's been ten years since we were playing Dueling Network. So literally ten years because that's when I graduated college. So it's it's just crazy. Uh, but speaking of, you brought up chess, and I just want to tell you and remind you to watch, watch the Queen's Gambit. Yeah, no, I got I got I got to get my hands on a Netflix account, man. I got I might just renew mine for a month. Or, uh, or, I'm pretty sure that the show is on the open sea. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the case. You could, you could just open like, like I know, you know, we try to support Netflix and all these other streaming services, but let's not forget our roots, okay? Let's not forget our roots. Let's never forget our roots. The, these these shows Listen, are still man, on look, the open sea. I don't know what to tell you. All right, I've been completely on the up and up, legally uploading my own personal game dumps. <laughs> all right, I'm playing all. Of my personal game dumps. Yeah. Nothing on the open sea. Yeah. Oh, and I'm looking at your shirt and it reminded me of something. So I'm I'm all over the place this episode, but mm-hmm. whatever. You have on a Captain America shirt. Yes, and I do. I don't Dude, know. But I went were... running. Sorry to cut you off. I went I felt fucking profiled. Okay. I was running, run I'm fucking out of breath and shit, running my ass off. And as I'm running, some little ass kid is in the park, I don't know, five years old. And I, I'm running by, and he just looks at me, and he's like, hey, are you a gamer? I was like, what? What? I'm just out here running. I, my only guess is he saw my shirt. Yeah. And he was like, hey, you're a gamer? You and look as like I was, a gamer, though. As I was running, I was just like, yep. And I kept moving. He was like, I knew it. I was like, what the fuck? How old do you think this kid was, though? Legit, like, six. Damn. Legit, like, six. I was like, I just got profile from some little-ass kid. Hey, it happened. Also, I don't wear my glasses when I run, all right? So my glasses don't add to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look right now with the long hair and the, the, the shaggy beard going on and the Captain America shirt. I would assume that you are some type of nerd, and thankfully so, right? I am nerd. So no, fucking his mom. <laughs> oh, my God. So, anyway, uh, <laughs> that show, What If, it's a Marvel show on Disney+, Plus, I believe. And Yeah, yeah that's the I most wa- recent one. Yeah, I, I watched the first four episodes, I want to say. And uh, it's pretty interesting. I did mention on the podcast before that it's a, it's a little dark. Like Most of the episodes just kind of end in a very dark way. But one of the episodes is actually what if Captain America didn't... Like, what if Steve Rogers didn't become Captain America, but his soon-to-be wife, girlfriend, whatever, she became Captain America instead? Like, what if a woman took the super soldier serum and she became Captain America? So, the ep- like, one of the episodes is about that. And it's pretty cool. Interesting. Yeah, no, I can't wait to get to that. I'm... Uh... Like I said, right now I'm on Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I mm. haven't had much time to watch it. Like I watched WandaVision in two days. Falcon and the Winter Soldier is the worst one by far to me. I'm so, I just I I did not Damn. I did not enjoy it. I've said that I said it before. I just kind of felt like it was a lot of uh, 
pandering and you know i am you know i'm black i'm a black guy but a lot of it was it just gave that very cringe corporate it had that corporate feel like kind of how pride month feels where all every corporation is all about the gay people and then pride month is such a farce oh it's so bad and then as soon as like so you get all the rainbow flags like chipotle everybody's a rainbow flagged out i mean every single fucking company and then as soon as pride month is over they're back to hating the gays so i just i don't know it kind of reminds me of the democratic party as soon as they get their votes in, like, all right, you're fucking. There's that one meme of uh, a person being pushed out of a car. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's like Democrats <laughs> after they win the election, and then you just see somebody getting pushed out. And it's like all of their voters. That's kind of how I feel. So when I was watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I don't know. A lot of it felt cringe. Like, don't get me wrong. You know, Falcon is black, and the idea of a black Captain America is great and all. But I, I think that there are far more pressing things to deal with as far as America goes than just us having a a superhero represent the country at a time when there's a yeah, lot of dissent yeah. between you know <clears throat> United States and black America. I just don't think that is what we need. So well I uh I started it. I haven't had much time to watch it. It's all I mean it's alright. I don't Yeah I don't it's just it. okay. It's cool. Um the one part had me laughing so fucking hard though. There's a what? part where he's walking through like a ghetto and there's this little black kid see? that goes. See? You and, see this already? But no, listen, it's so funny. The kid looks at Falcon. He goes, Hey, you're the Black Falcon. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> I'm not the Black Falcon. I'm just Falcon. He's like, No, my dad said you're the Black Falcon. Oh, my God. And then I he know was what like, talking about, too. And then he was like, Are you the Black kid? Like, <laughs> <laughs> see? They're aware of it, too. They're aware. So, dude, I laughed so fucking hard at that part. It just kind of gets, so I, I guess, not to get all political and weird and shit, but it kind of gives me that vibe of, like, right now, the it thing to talk about is obviously race and, you know, like, that whole thing, right? Like, that's yeah. that's been a huge topic lately, especially with the summer of 2020, you know, all the riots and things like that, George Floyd. Um, so then seeing that show just kind of felt like, the, I don't think the word is fan service, but just it just kind of felt like they were kind of feeding into... Uh, there is, I, I know what you mean. There is, I think the word pandering gets a bad rap because a lot of times, like if any show or anything ever has like a gay person in it, there's a guy on 4chan like, what the fuck? This is pandering. Yeah. But, but like, you can feel the difference when it's just a show. Like it's just a, a show. Yes. And it just happens to have various people in it. And when it's a show that's really trying to be like, hey, guys, look, we're progressive. Look, see, we're good. We're the good guys. Yeah, like, we're trying to promote feel when a show Captain America. It's trying to be a good guy. And sometimes that's like, ah, oh, just be a show. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I was, I can go, I can go on longer about this, but I won't right now because we'll probably yeah, do an yeah. entire episode on just Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, and I'll probably have to rewatch it because I don't remember all of the details about it. Uh, that but, said, on WandaVision, uh, WandaVision was interesting because it gets. I think on a rewatch, so here's what I'll say. My first watch, it doesn't get good until like episode three or four. The first two episodes are a hard fucking watch, unless you really like I Love Lucy. I agree. Uh, they are a hard watch, but I will say this. They're, parts of it are funny to me. Parts of it, no. So parts of it was good. Like when I watched episode one, I I, I enjoyed episode one. It's the whole very time cheesy. I was like, yeah, but I was like, all right, so where's this going? And, I, and then when episode two... And it was still more. I was like, Arco, what is? What am I watching?" Right like, when they start doing the magic show and all that, it's like, "Okay, I get this. That this is just I love Lucy with Wanda and Vision." 
but uh gets at a point right and then at the yeah. end of episode two it gets to it start you know she changes it, the whole world to color yeah and then three and then three it's like still a sitcom but it's just in color and then i i liked once you realize each episode is a different era of sitcoms like they do like 90 sitcoms 80 sitcoms 2000 mm-hmm. sitcoms and the opening of each episode is a, a play on those sitcoms i thought it was really cool but yeah. i would say on my first watch i, I so i think wandavision's worth a watch it ends up being super worth it after episode three or three and four. Yep. My first watch, one and two, is a hard watch. However, on a rewatch, I think I would like one and two more. Yeah, because you know, like I now like it one makes and two more. Sense. Yes, no, because I know what's going to happen. So when I rewatch episodes one and two, because I recently, for some reason, I just recently put it on before I was going to bed one night, and I actually watched the first two episodes without going to sleep. And I was I just found myself like chuckling and laughing at someone. Yeah, like, yeah. She was trying to make dinner in the kitchen and all this shit is like floating in the air. Yep. And that whole thing they had the guest over, his boss and everything. I I don't know. Something it was just funny. I thought it, it was, was entertaining, funny. yeah. It was exactly. It was just entertaining. Now, if I was watching it for some Marvel storyline type of stuff, it didn't have any of that. It's it's very uh, much so just a sitcom. So not uh, it just like depends on what eyes. Yeah. So going into it with the eyes of okay, I'm just watching a sitcom that's just kind of funny made it a lot more bearable as opposed yep. to me looking for Easter eggs, looking for a fight scene, looking yeah. for when you first go into it, you don't know what's going on. So that's exactly. what I would say to anybody that hasn't seen it yet. Cause I didn't know what I was getting into. I just, everybody told me WandaVision was great. So yeah. when I watched it, I was like, what am I watching? Like when, when, what, like when does this become Marvel? Like, I don't know yes. what I'm watching yet. Um, but what I would say to anybody is just like, if you watch it, I a hundred percent think it's worth watching. Uh, one and two, you just got to go into it. It has like this very intentional feel to it, like an I Love Lucy type feel, but it makes sense and it all kind of wraps together really, really well. And so it's definitely worth watching. But, you know, I'll, I'll give you that episode one, two warning because I didn't have that warning. And I only, like, I think that I finished it just because of the, like, the way I am. I'm like, well, I have to finish it because I Yeah, started. I'm the same way usually, unless the show is egregiously bad. Yeah, because uh, it wasn't bad. I just didn't know what the fuck I was watching. Exactly. It definitely like even when I rewatched, I was like, "This isn't. There's nothing about this is bad. It's just that you have to know what you're getting yourself into." These first couple episodes, where it's not going to be Marvel action type vibes. It's just yeah. more so the comedy aspect of Marvel, and I do think Marvel does comedy pretty well. I agree. Um, so speaking of that, like Endgame, we still have to do our Endgame episode, and we could probably do that next. Like if you want to do that Sunday for the Sunday episode that releases on Monday. We can do Endgame because we got to okay. get that out the way eventually. Uh, but this kind of it kind of ties into it. And I feel like we really, yeah, we can't really talk about the Marvel shows until we at least get this part over. I agree. So I do want to I do want to get Endgame out the way. Endgame is really good. And Endgame, speaking of comedy, you know, as much as I like, I'm not really a big fan of Endgame. I've said that already. Uh, I like the last 30 minutes of it, but the first two hours of it are are a little hard because you know it's the whole like how are they living after five years? Like I get it. So I want to watch it again. But one of the things I recall about that movie that I haven't seen it many times is the comedy. There's a lot of comedy in Endgame. Like, I feel like most of the movie is just funny. And <laughs> like, you got Fat Thor and, there's, you know, that whole bit. There's a, there's a lot. There's a lot of comedy in Endgame. So I do look forward to that part of it. Um, but yeah, we we still have the Endgame episode coming up. And then we'll... You know, we'll start to review like WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and Loki. Loki is amazing. I can't wait to get to that. I actually really enjoy that show. And yeah, that, that show sets next. up for some big shit. Uh, whereas the other ones are kind of, the other ones just seem like standalone stories that don't 
they don't tie too much into the next phase, I want to say, like not as much. But Loki, I feel like, literally sets up whatever this next Marvel Cinematic Universe is going to be about. Like Loki is the one that really gets the party popping. So that's interesting. Yeah, it's, I'm excited to see where it goes. I hope I'm alive because, uh, yeah, when I think back on the first Avengers movie and like you see like a, a, a little cl- snippet of Thor, not Thor. Um, Thanos at the very, very end of the first Avengers movie. That <laughs> yeah. was so long ago. Yeah. Well, also, he looks way different. Like, he does not look like that at all in the. Uh, you know what I mean? The actual like, Thanos that we got, which I'm glad. I'm glad though. The actual Thanos that we got looks to me looks really cool. I'm a yeah. I have a fucking huge hard on for Thanos. If he's that dope, wasn't man. clear already, we everybody knows we love Thanos. So one of the other things that I I watched. There's a lot. There's so much content out there, and I, I love that for this podcast that we have so much content. A lot of it is nerd like content. Star Wars Visions. I don't know if you started it yet, but no, I haven't had a time. I just have so, not had time. So I'll tell you right now because I I thought it was going to be a huge. That's like content. the Star Wars anime thing, right? It is the Star Wars anime. It's already out. All the episodes are out, and they're only 15 minutes long. So oh I wow! I didn't know that. Right? You didn't know that either. Clearly, no, I didn't know that. No. So it makes it so much easier to commit to. The other yeah. thing. And this is what makes it even easier. And this is great. I love that they did this. They're anthologies. So oh, nice. Every single episode is completely different and done <clears throat> by a completely different anime studio. That's really cool. So the art style in every single episode is completely different from the last episode. Oh, it I is, gotta watch that. Yeah. When I tell you, dog, it is watch episode one, two, and three when you get a chance. <clears throat> um, episodes one and three are some of the best episodes to me. There's action in pretty much every single episode. And I'm, when I say action, I mean like lightsaber, force using, all that shit. The episode one, not only the art, I think you're going to fucking love the art, Kenny. Episode one, I think you're going to love the art. I think you're going to love the villain and the action. It is so fire. Like, it is <laughs> so fucking fire. And in only 15 minutes. So you can, literally, you can literally squeeze in. Like, whenever you eat, because I know me and you, we probably like to eat while watching something. If you just So I do that all, and, until recently because of, as I've briefly talked about, the problem I've been having with my walls and stuff, I don't have my, my usual setup. Yeah. So where my computer is now, it is not possible for me to eat and use at the same time. So I've been eating yeah. in the kitchen like a fucking normie. Yeah, that's but, not uh, real. But but yeah. soon. So but soon. Yeah. Yeah. So I recommend when you get some free time, just put on an episode because they're great for doing like small activities like eating. Uh, because they're only 15 minutes long. So they're not a huge commitment. You don't have to feel like, oh, shit, I'll have to go back to that episode because something came up or I have to go do something and I'll, I'll just yeah. go back to it. You could literally finish an episode. I mean, you could even put an episode on while you're just on the toilet and just like watch one real quick and you'll be like, it, it's, they're, they're great for that. That's legit. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out. That reminded me of, um, I don't know if you've ever seen Rick and Morty. Have you seen Rick and Morty? I have not. That is one thing that I have to. I guess that has to be an episode, doesn't it? Because people love Rick and Morty. Rick and, and Morty is gigantic. From, from what I, from what I understand, it's a great show. It is really good. So I watched it way after. I took a long time to watch it for similar reasons as some other things that take me a long time to watch. Sometimes when the fan base is just too damn toxic, you're like, I don't have. That I know. I feel like I've been. I've been getting kind of called into watching Rick and Morty. People are really aggressive about wanting me to watch it. And I don't know what it is. I just have a rebellious spirit maybe, but that's kind of been keeping me from actually watching it. I feel like dude, it's, it's like, and then when you see like the videos of like some random guy jumping on a McDonald's counter, like doing a Rick and Morty joke, it's like dog, like people are just trying to work Yeah. that aside, right? Regardless of the fan base, whatever, 
Rick and Morty is actually a really good show. I fucking I laugh watching it. It's a really good like cartoon, made for adults, whatever. Um, it's really well done. The 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 and like each episode, it's like a cartoon now. Mostly cartoons. Each episode is its own thing, but they there's a line drawn through every episode, and each each season has like an overall arc and things happen every season and it carries over and there is a progressing storyline yeah. while also being like an episodic cartoon. So that's really good. But also between like seasons three and four or something, I don't remember which one there was an episode. There was like two episodes released exclusively on YouTube that are like anime episodes. So there's one episode that feels like Samurai Jack and it's like the whole thing's in Japanese with subtitles <laughs> and it just feels like a Samurai Jack episode. It's fucking crazy and it's super bloody. But then there's another anime episode that's amazing. Like, it sets up, like, this story, and it sets up this other character. And, like, I'm going to avoid saying certain things. Yeah. But it's fully animated. I mean, fully, like, anime style and fully uh, in Japanese. And it's so weird and interesting and cool watching it. Because, like, there's a part where, like, Morty, who's, like, the kid who's, like, I don't know, 13 or something. There's a part where he's talking about his grandpa, Rick. And because it's in Japanese, he's like, Ji-chan. G-chan. and like <laughs> there's something so weird and cute about just i don't know it was something so weird about it so i was like what the fuck is going on in this anime version of rick and morty but yeah, it's really cool that, that that's like an official official part of it but uh yeah there, there's there's some really cool shit in rick and morty one at one point you know we'll, we'll probably do an episode on it when you watch it yeah i have to get through it uh so what's really popular right now is Squid Game. It's a Netflix show. Yeah, I've been hearing about this all over the place. This shit is everywhere. This reminds me of Bird Box. I don't know if you remember Bird like Box. It's like kind of horror-ish or something? No, it's more so like uh, the Hunger Games okay. meets Korean fantasy type vibe. Um, so I'm going to talk about what the show is about, but I'm not going to go too in detail on specifics. So the show is about a main character who has a gambling problem. He has a ton of debt, right? He lives in Korea. So I think it's a Korean drama. And basically he gets invited to this game where there's like 456 contestants and all of them apparently. That's how many, uh, that's how many suctions are throughout a whole squid's like body with the squid tentacles. 456 is how many like suctions are on a squid. I literally did not know that. I made that up. Okay, I was about to say, like, I had no, I don't know anything about a squid. I've never eaten one. I don't even think I've been close to one. I don't know anything about squid. So whatever you were saying just now, I was like, my eyes were just big. I was like, oh, okay, like 456, sure. And in my head, I was like, damn, that's a lot. Like, 456 of anything? Like, if you told me there's 456 of anything on my body right now, that's a fucking lot of it. Um, so, so... They get invited to this game, and everyone who's in the game apparently has crippling debt, which is basically just America the show. Like, Word. everyone who's ever gone to college in this country pretty much has crippling debt. So there could be a ton of Squid Games done on the entire, you know, college-educated American culture. But they end up playing children's games, and the children's games, you die when you lose. Like, point-blank, period. It's very obvious that that's what's happening because in the first scene of the show, I'm pretty sure they say, oh, in Korea, we played this game called the squid game. And when you touch the edge of this squid, you die. Uh, so you kind of know. And it, it kind of has that. You 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 know what you know where it's going. Yeah. Like, they're not setting up to fucking play children's games and, and people aren't going to die. Like people die. So with the first game they play is red light, green light. And it's as simple as red light, green light. Red light. So if you get hit by a bus. Green light. 
you walk forward and red light if you have any motion you die you just get fucking shot so the Dang. show the show is really really interesting it's very entertaining i watch it with english audio and english subtitles uh i tried to watch it in its native language which is korean uh but it doesn't because it's not an anime it doesn't have the same necessity i feel like placed on it to watch it in the native language i don't think it really like i don't think it really adds anything to it honestly so yeah. i just watch it in english and it's actually bearable like I, I i do like the english voice actors or whatever um but the show is super entertaining i understand why it's such a uh phenom- cultural phenomenon right now uh just one the internet right like that's how that's how all this works that's how bird box became so big and everyone's talking about it so you're going to see it on your timelines everywhere until eventually you watch it or you're going to get left behind and feel like you got left out uh but I do think it's worth watching. The episodes are about an hour long, and there is not there are nine episodes. Yeah. So, so I'll I'll check that out as soon as I get a chance. I yeah, just watch say, one episode of it. But I, I would recommend before you. Uh, I don't know. Star Wars Visions is so much easier to watch because it's again an anthology. Well, I, I actively have Disney Plus, so I could easily watch. It. Like oh, Star well, Wars please. Visions, I could watch. Well, you could we could watch when you watch Star Wars Visions after you finish those because it's only I think that only has nine episodes as well, fifteen minutes each, so like a really small amount of time. Uh, we can do a, an entire podcast episode on that and just go through each episode and talk about ones we like, ones yeah. we don't like, characters, fights, all that. It because that that show is right up me and like it's up. Yeah, I could easily I can easily do Star Wars Visions. and and you and I are go, like you will like it. And I know you're not the biggest Star Wars fan, right? But no, nah, I mean there's two good movies. Yeah the the anime. The anime of this shit is how honestly I wish Star Wars would proceed going forward. Like I, if any other franchise had the track record of Star Wars in terms of its movies, it would be shunned. Okay, yeah. I don't know why it has two good movies. I'm sorry, anyway, I'm ran. Well, I most of the thing, Star Wars movies fucking suck. I think the thing about Star Wars is that I me, mean, you, and I weren't around when the first trilogy came out. And yeah, but to be fair, the first trilogy, those first two movies, are the only two good ones. Well. That's what I'm saying is that people <laughs> hold on to that, right? So when usually when something is really good uh, in the beginning, even if it gets really bad, people still kind of cling to it. Yeah. Usually. Like you, just because of how it made them feel the first couple times, right? And then they have a hard time acknowledging that something is no longer as good as it once was. I have a hard time staying awake during episode six. <clears throat> Which one is that? That's uh, I think it's called Return of the Jedi. Okay. Yeah, that I don't. Sucks. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. The original trilogy is just kind of like it's mostly a snooze fest to me. I I don't really care for it. I guess I the like big... I like New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, and also Episode Three, which is the sixth movie, is actually pretty decent too. Revenge of the Sith, right? I think so. Nothing else. Revenge of the Sith. That's the one where Anakin fights Obi Wan at the end, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love that fight scene. That still... one's good. That fight scene still ages well. And people are going to crucify us for this, but I actually like that movie too. A lot of people shit on that movie or shit on that entire trilogy. Like, I don't, I don't subscribe to the uh, what is it, the fucking groupthink or whatever you want to call it, hive mind that people yeah. have. I genuinely enjoy Episode Three a lot. I love, I love it. Like everything about that movie is fucking episode fantastic. Episode Three is good. Yoda Just... versus Palpatine, Mace Windu's, but the, the betrayal of Mace Windu by Anakin. Yep. Uh, and then obviously the ending fight is so well choreographed. Even right now, that fight ages well right now. Like you put that fight on YouTube right now, the music, Duel of the Fates, and everything is fucking phenomenal right now in 2021. But yeah, but anyway. Go. So 
when it comes to Star Wars, though, I do want to get this out. Some of the movies they've made since, like, the, that, that are off the trilogy, right? Or off the trilogies, like Rogue One, for example. Rogue One is good. I, I don't know if you've one. ever seen, like, I will recommend to you to watch Rogue One when you get a chance. I'm, we, we both have a long list of shit that we have to do. But uh, we, we'll get around to it eventually. But I do want you to watch Rogue One. Not only is the movie, like, pretty decent in general, it's also it also has one of the best endings to a Star Wars movie ever and to like honestly to just movies like it, it it has such a fucking great ending it is going to it's such an epic moment it's it's great I don't I don't I'm not going to spoil yeah, something about it, it but the ending of Rogue One everyone know everyone who's seen Rogue One who's listening to this podcast they know exactly what I'm talking about that fucking ending scene is wild so yeah Rogue One definitely something that you should watch it's yeah, I wasn't in a, a rush to see it just because like everything else, you know, like seven, eight, nine, I think are fucking terrible. The new, like the new trilogy, Force Awakens, and what? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'd be lying if I knew the subtitles, man. They're just, they're not good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, how do I feel about those movies? It's not that I don't like seven, eight, and nine. They are, I do like them. Like I genuinely like watching them. Um, they don't have much replay value to me, but I don't really go back and watch Star Wars movies that often anyway. So they're kind of just all in the same vein. I don't know. They're just something that was entertaining to watch. I don't feel yeah. strongly... I don't really feel strongly about any of them. Like, if I'm being honest. I, I like Revenge of the Sith Episode 3 a lot. And I liked The Force Awakens because that's like your introduction to Kylo Ren and everything. And I don't know. I know people do not like that character. I personally like that character, but I always like the characters who are like super emo, dark and brooding, I love Adam Driver as an actor because I used to watch him from the show Girls. And then he's also in um, Marriage Story, I think it's called. Um, so I like him as an actor in general. But I just, I don't know. I kind of like the super emo characters. And he is the main antagonist, I guess, until the last movie or whatever. So, but yeah, I don't, I don't really, like, I, I, don't, I don't see myself defending Star Wars. I also don't see myself promoting Star Wars outside of Star Wars Visions, because I do think that Star Wars Visions is genuinely amazing. Yeah. I, um, I've liked, I've liked a lot of Star Wars stuff outside of, uh, the movies. I like the general lore of Star Wars. Like, the world of Star Wars, I think, has been done a lot better than most of the movies. Well, that's what you'll enjoy about Visions, because it's, it focuses more around the world of Star Wars, which is, it built, Star Wars built such a great galaxy for us to use for content like it's such a great galaxy yeah. of content so that's what visions is it's just like oh here's a random story with a random fight and some shit that you didn't even know happened yeah that's pretty cool like the clone wars the clone yep. wars uh not the not episode two which is called attack of the clones yeah the animated, yeah, the the animated actual, things yeah. were yep. those were all really good yep yeah and they're still uh, on disney plus when i was watching visions that like there was a line of all the animated star wars shows and i was like you know what i want to rewatch all of these because it's been those shows came out whoo 15 years ago now. Yeah, they're pretty old. But yeah, they're those were all pretty good. Um, yeah. But I'll probably check them out. One thing I didn't like about the 789 is I think the main character is really boring. The girl. Yep. Ray. Is, okay, I agree with you on She's that. She's so boring. I, I think the main character should have been uh, Finn, the black dude. Yeah. Like an episode or the, the first, an episode seven, the first one of the new trilogy. Mm-hmm. Like, it felt like, at least it felt like to me, where I, maybe it's because before the movie came out, he was the one that was shown the most. I yeah. thought Finn was going to be the main character. And when I got this boring-ass Ray character, like, she was so boring. She's still, like, yeah, she's very boring and corny. She's just very corny. Yeah. Uh, and even Kylo Ren is more 
like there's more to him than there is to her. Yeah. Like his, so you know, who, who his parents are, why he's on the dark side, that whole story. Like when uh, Luke, when it's revealed that Luke was training him, like that was his original master or whatever. And he felt that it meant darkness in him and stuff like that. I really liked all of the stuff surrounding Kylo Ren. People can say whatever they want about the actor who plays him or however they feel. I'm not really sure what the consensus is, but I did hear a lot of negative stuff about Kylo Ren. And I'm just like, okay, obviously he's not Dark Vader or Darth Vader, but he is still fucking cool as shit to me. And his voice, I, I don't know, I, his voice in that mask is insane to me. Like, I fucking <laughs> love the way he sounds. When you I gotta hear it. It's here, been a while. I haven't heard it in a while. Yo, I watch, so I don't really go back and watch old Star Wars movies often. However, I do watch the first five minutes of The Force Awakens when they invade that one planet. Mm-hmm. And he first comes out and he has the mask on and his voice is su- like super, I don't know, it's, it's thrown through that synthesizer or whatever the fuck it's called. You, when he grabs that projectile, somebody like tries to shoot at him, I think and he <laughs> grabs the projectile with his hand and has it just floating in the air. The entire scene, we hadn't seen anything like that. That shit was so epic when it first came out in like 2017 or whatever year that was when the force awakens first dropped. I don't know. I love that shit and then he's just kind of like holding it there and then when he leaves it just fires into the ground that oh, so fucking cool that is legit yeah. that is pretty cool yeah he was he was overall like i enjoyed him uh there was some stuff that i thought was corny yes but you're always cool. gonna get that with star wars yeah uh but overall ray was fucking bullshit. yeah i i don't think ray is a good uh a good protagonist i also and there was some issues i think they switched uh directors at one point of the movie they did. Like, there's there's a different director for like the J. J. Abrams second comes one. In. Yeah. Like it's like the first one and then the second one has a different director. And then I think the third one might have been a mix of directors. I don't fucking know. Yeah, I forget it. I know that there was some turmoil with that whole thing, which kind of made things a little uh, mucky. The the thing that's the biggest disappointment, and like you were talking about Finn, he was supposed to clearly be forced to death in some kind of way. And they never did anything with that. Like clearly they did nothing with him. Clearly, he has some kind of uh, connection with the Force, and they we just got nothing. Like they, they did not do anything with it. He, they, he really got fucked. His importance got dropped. So it was so weird because I felt like he was building to be a really interesting character in the yeah. first one, and then I'm pretty sure if I remember in the second one, like he does basically nothing. Like yeah, I don't remember exactly, but I don't recall. I don't, he, he pretty much does nothing for the rest of the. I don't know. They, they just yeah. throw him over. They just like make him start date like some girl. Like he just has like some weird tension or like, romantic tension with like some other girl and like I yeah, some yeah, some girl that comes in the second one of the trilogy. Yeah, I it's all yeah, it's all just a fucking fever dream at this point now. <laughs> like, that that, that uh that trilogy is definitely not the best, but I do love that it gave me Kylo Ren. He is one of my favorite Star Wars characters. I really really fuck with him. I don't. I don't care how you guys feel about that. I just love Kylo Ren. So, so super random. I actually meant to talk about this earlier. Uh, I don't remember the name of the YouTube channel, but me and Fraser were watching. Um, I was sending Fraser a bunch of these videos. It's this guy that draws different anime characters as like the Akatsuki or the Captain yes. or um, the Iran Car. So to be like the Straw Hat Pirates as the Iran Car or the um, the Akatsuki as the Iran Car, shit like that. And so he just. I haven't seen it yet. He just put up put out a video of like the Iran car, like evolved forms of want to say it's the Akatsuki. Like he, I haven't watched it yet, but I don't know. We, you, we both have to watch it. He, this guy does like great art 
I found so, his channel too. So his channel, if for you guys who want to see what we're talking about, because I do think that he deserves a shout out. His shit is 100%, really nice. 100%. I was about uh, to look him up too. His channel is the not so good artist. And so the way you want to, I guess, type that in if you want to be completely accurate with it is the letter D underscore not underscore so underscore good underscore artist. So the not so good artist. But you probably can just type in the not so good artist and he'll come up. His mm-hmm. page is fucking amazing. He has like, such said, great art, dude. And it's just oh, it's so fucking good. And the videos are like they're under 10 minutes long usually. Um, but he will draw all of the Espada as Akatsuki members. He'll draw all of the Akatsuki members as Espada. He'll draw all of the Shichi Bukai as a Ronkar. Like there's a there's a lot of shit that he does, and it's so fucking cool. They look so sick. So the, the video that just came out somewhat recently is uh, resurrection release form of Akatsuki as a spot of part one and part yeah and part two. So he has like the Akatsuki. He already did the Akatsuki as as uh, a spot of, but now he just did another one where it's like their release forms. And I remember me and Fraser in the One Piece one uh, when we saw Sanji. As an Espada, Fraser was like, Sanji looks like he'll fuck around and have a release for him. Like, Sanji, the way Sanji looks in the one. Yo, Sanji looks so insane as a fucking Espada. <laughs> it's the tie. It's the tie made out of bone, because like Espada always have that, they're like bone stuff going on. The tie did it for me. It the was bone so tuxedo. clean. Yeah. So clean, yeah. I so want you guys to watch some of this, this content. The not, not so, so good, good artist. artist. Definitely check him out. He's the opposite of his name. He's a pretty good artist. <laughs> Yeah, um, he's actually amazing. And uh, yeah, I like a lot of his shit. It's it's clean. I, I'm, there was one day where I was just, I want to say I sent Frazier like five of his videos in a row. The first one he sent me was the One Piece, the Straw Hats being drawn as uh, Ron Carr, right? That was uh, yeah. drawn as the Espada. Honestly, yep. I do recommend that you guys start with that video because, I mean, if you like One Piece anyway, start with that video. But whatever anime you like, the Naruto, the, the Akatsuki or whatever, you could you could go to any of them. But the, the One Piece Straw Hats as Espada is wild. It's like, so it, good. I love so Usopp. Good. The way U- Usopp's pose and everything, he has like he's like Usopp licking his looks thumb. It looks frightening oh, to me. My God, he looks he so looks like broken. he looks like if you encountered him, you were in trouble. Yes, like if you yes. were in Hakamundo and you ran across Usopp, the Espada version, you are fucked. Like it's Usopp's going to give you a fucking absolute problem. Nami looks hot as fuck. Yes, all the women do though. Even Robin, all all the women. They what look amazing, and I I love like you said like the the different bone aspects of each yes. of them is really cool. Yeah. Um, One of my other favorite things is how he stays true to the art of the original series while also like somehow merging the art from whatever series he's turning them into. So like what I mean by that is when you look at Nami and Robin, you know, in One Piece they have huge boobs. Like that is Oda has a thing for drawing women a certain way, and the way. <laughs> the guy did not so good artist draws them as Espada is so good because their boobs are accentuated like they would be in One Piece. But also, kind of how Tai Kubo draws uh, ha- Harry Bell, the number what three Espada. She has like the same kind of thing going on. Her release date is really just her losing clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of get that vibe when you're looking at the drawings of it. So I just wanted to point that out because some of you might be interested in that. It's really cool. Yeah, it's it's sick. I'm I'm looking at them now. Like I love all of them. They all look really cool. Like Frankie. Frankie looks fucking yeah. dope. Bro. I would actually commission this guy. I wonder if he takes commissions because I would commission him to do some uh, some art for for like to hang up around my my apartment. That would yeah. I, I I love it that much. Like it's that good to me. I need to see. Uh, I need him to do the One Piece release forms. I need to see. Yeah. I, I'm 
after this podcast, I'll probably watch the release forms of the Akatsuki. But yeah, I, I haven't watched to, it. I need him to give me the the One Piece release forms because this shit is tight. But I love why I love art like that. I remember a couple years ago there was some art circulating around of the Straw Hat Pirates as Avengers. It's like Luffy wearing like Captain America. Yo, I saw ever. that, and that like, that whoever did that is amazing too. Yeah, like th- that art is really fucking. Oh, cool. it's I, don't, so I don't know the good. artist, but me either. I've seen that come across my timeline a couple times, and that shit is fire. Speaking of that, now you made me think of other versions of this type of thing. Uh, there's Pokemon as like mechs. Oh, and gun- yes. That one is fucking sick too. Like yes. the Blastoise, the fucking Blastoise mech, and it has like the big ass water cannons and shit. Yeah, or you'll see like Pokemon like Monster Hunter armors. Like yep. they'll make oh like my full god. on like Monster Hunter looking armors with oh my god. like they, they look, look so fucking, fucking good. Tight. Yeah, you people who do that, you deserve everything that's coming to you. You guys are phenomenal artists. And we as you can clearly hear, Kenny and I, we're just scrolling. We love <laughs> that type of shit. Like whenever we see those posts, we usually yeah. send them to each other, but we love it. I, I really like giving artists because drawing and art in general, like painting, drawing, whatever it is, it's a lot of really hard work. And I really like giving them their dudes because I feel like Art gets shared a lot without the source being included. Like people will just share art and not say what it's from. And so I do like when I have the opportunity, like, yeah, like this is from this guy. You should definitely check out his Instagram or whatever, because he does really good art. And if you're gonna share it with all your friends on Facebook, at least like follow him. Yes. Yo, I don't yeah, I'm looking at his uh YouTube right now, and like under the video drawing the straw hats as Espada, I don't see anywhere to purchase these paintings or whatever. And I I'm a little sad. Like I, I kind of was hoping that it would just be a blatant link somewhere under here where I could just kind of buy some of his art because I'm yeah. so serious when I say that I would hang up all ten of the uh, straw hats around my apartment <laughs> as a spot. Like it's that good. Like it's They're really clean. that good. I would hang that shit up. But yeah, check them out. Check out the not so good artist on YouTube. You guys can probably spend an, a fucking hour just watching these videos on the various animal, uh, not animal, anime crossovers that he does. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a good amount, and he does them really. Well. And it's a, it's like a speed paint. You watch him draw it, and it's the video is like super sped up. But you watch him draw it, uh, you know, not in real time, obviously, but you know, you're watching him draw it. Um, so yeah, they're really good. I wanted to, I just wanted to bring that up because I know they he posted a new video, and I wanted to bring it up to yeah. To <laughs> uh, one of the other things I want to talk about is I started watching this anime. I mentioned in the beginning, but Mushoku Tensei. And is that the one that translates to jobless reincarnation? I don't know. It might. Let me just check. I can look it up. But yeah, I have no clue. Okay, yeah. It is jobless reincarnation in English. uh, But Mushoku Tensei. So the anime is actually really good. It's an isekai. So it's basically an anime where the main character gets reincarnated into another world. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Kenny pointed out, out this to me a while ago, but Inuyasha is technically an isekai, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, it's not somebody dying and being reincarnated into another but, world, but it is because isekai. I think it literally translates to like in another world. Or something yeah, like in another that. world. So not necessarily reincarnation, but you get kind of thrown into another world. So think Sword Art Online, think Dot Hack. Yep. Um, what are some other popular ones? Lost Horizon. Uh, yep. Overlord. Yeah, Overlord for sure. Yes, he's all powerful in that world, pretty much. Like he's broken as fuck. So this one, uh, the main character starts off immediately with him dying. And he gets reincarnated as a baby, like a child, like an actual infant. And he's just born, but he's in a world where magic and shit is a thing. So immediately, you know, in the world that he was originally from, he's from the same world that we live in, like just Earth, regular ass Earth, where 
he was a nobody. He was trash. He was a 34 year old guy. Uh, pretty much lived in like a nasty ass apartment. Um, I have to ask, did he get killed by a bus? Yes, he got killed by a truck. He always died from bus coon. Yeah, bus coon it, kills everybody. Yeah, it's a, he gets killed by a truck. Uh, randomly, <laughs> just like it's a it's a rainy night, and yeah, he gets killed by a truck. So Yo, the bus has more bodies than <laughs> than Madara. Eisen, like they don't have as many. Like the bus has so many fucking bodies. What is wrong with you? I'm listen. How do I know it was a bus that killed him? I don't know. I know. Did you watch it and didn't tell me? No, I've never seen it. I know. I knew it was a bus that killed him. I knew. (laughs) Bus has so many bodies under it. Not bus has so many. Don't say it like that. Don't say it like bus has so many. It's too many bodies under it, though. Yeah, it's uh. (laughs) So he gets reincarnated as an infant into a world where magic is a thing, and it's funny. It, it it's really funny. They also, but it's also it has a a really interesting take. I don't know how to. I guess I do know how to describe it. So, imagine you're born into a world with magic, something that we probably have always wanted, and the main character it is already pretty adept at it. So when he starts uh, reading from his mom's books. Because she's a mage, his dad's a warrior. So his dad's always out in the field training with a sword. His mom is the one that can like do spells. She does a healing spell really early on, like episode one. Because he falls and hits his head, she does a healing spell on him. He's like, there's no way this bitch is serious. Like, ma- like magic doesn't actually exist. And then you start to see all the green light and shit like that. And he's like, holy fuck. So, so He's like an infant, but he, ke- he kept all his memories. He kept all his memories. That's a big part of it. He knows everything. It's also funny because he's... So, <laughs> he's also a pervert. Um... So, you know, there's that. But he's, he's a little boy, so, like, it's innocent, right? When he goes I for mean, boobs and stuff like that. Yeah, you can, you can get away with it. Exactly. So, anyway, so he's learning how to do magic. He's reading off incantations and stuff. And he quickly realizes that he can do spells without the incantation. Um, but apparently that's not normal in this world to be able to do and to do at all. So he's already a prodigy, basically, is what I'm saying. Yeah. And his mom catches him doing a spell. Like, she comes in and sees him doing magic. And she hires him a tutor. She's super excited. She's like, holy shit. Our son at like, I don't know. He, I think because there's several time skips in episode one. He's getting older really quickly. So he's about four at the end of episode one, I think. She uh, she gets him a tutor. And she's like, yo, you know, our son is going to be a mage. He's amazing at it. And dad's like, well, you told me that if we had a boy, he would be a warrior. You know, I, I didn't want him to be a mage or whatever. So uh, the one, the maid that they, they have a maid. And she's like, why, do, why not have him do magic lessons in the morning and then have him do like sword lessons, you know, after that so he could do both. And really early on, you could tell that the, the main character is more of he's more into magic than he is into the sword. Like he's not a brute. So his dad is a brute. And whenever he has to do something with the sword, he's not really good at it, at least where I'm at. I've only watched two episodes of it. But when I tell you that it is such a fucking interesting show already like it's so good and i actually can't wait to binge the rest of season one because that's really cool. I heard I'm, able to, coming up. I'm able to knock that out easy because like i i have access to Crunchyroll, and um it's only I'm 11 episodes yeah i might knock that out because i also know that uh some some people that have listened specifically orange highland i remember made a sent a message but i've heard it from some other people yeah want us to talk about some other anime that aren't specifically shonen and yep. like, isekai and stuff is in there so well, i'll tell I'll you definitely right now. check that out Kenny, this anime is good. Like I, I, I've watched two episodes of it. I'm not going to spoil anything more than just the general premise of a guy being reincarnated who was basically a tr- he was just a trash human in a in a regular world. Yeah. Um, it's so good. Like it's actually only two episodes in. It's so good. I can't wait to go back to it. But I got sidetracked by Squid Game because 
Squid Game is one of those things that's happening right now, and I'm tired of seeing like memes. And uh, yeah, you want to know what's going on? I want to know what's going on. I want to be involved when all the fun. Oh. Shit. I love being a part of the culture when all this stuff is going on online. That so reminded like me. That. Did you watch Sweet Home? Was it Sweet Home? No, was was that? So basically, you're telling me about the Squid Game show, and it's like this big Korean drama that's getting a lot of like uh, buzz, right? Yeah. So I want to say I don't know, a couple months ago, maybe a year ago. A, a Korean drama got it that's on Netflix got a ton of buzz called Sweet Home, and it's like kind of like a horror monster. It's also ten episodes. It got all of this buzz. Everybody was talking about it, and I ended up watching it, and it's bad. Um, but <laughs> what? <laughs> it's just bad. <laughs> it's like it's not good. But everybody was talking about it. So my whole I hate what happens. I hate is, that so much. I'll check out Squid Game. Cause I trust you. I trust you, but so many people t- talking about sweet home and like there's parts in it that are actually, so it's interesting. So it's kind of like a zombie show, but it's not okay. instead of turning into zombies. They turn into monsters. Right. And there's okay. actually some really interesting aspects of it that drew me in. So there's like main character, blah, blah, blah. And all of these people are randomly getting turned into like these monsters. And they're all the, the, the show takes place like in this apartment complex. And basically the main cast is all like, locked in this apartment complex and they're not trying to go outside because there's all these monsters out there and people are just randomly transforming the monsters and nobody knows why and there's a mystery that's starting to unfold where people start looking into maybe what's causing that and there's various things that happen throughout the show uh but it sets up some premises that i actually found really interesting but overall i feel like the the final execution of the show overall i think it's just not really very bad yeah, just yeah not very just, good. i don't think it was done well so there's there's a there's a premise throughout the show that I was interested in, and I watched all ten episodes. But overall, like its execution just wasn't that good. And when I got to the end, I was just like, "Why was I told to watch this by three hundred people? Like, what? like why?" Did yeah, I feel duped. Tell me to watch. I always this? feel duped by shit like that too. But yeah, sweet home. Yeah. That was like a gigantic, gigantic Korean drama buzz that was on Netflix. Uh, I want to say. So six, I will say this about Squid Game. Ago. I don't know how you feel about the Saw franchise. Um, but I love Saul. I, I kind of like uh, horror and thrillers and gore and all that type of stuff. I've always been into that since I was a child. But if you like Saul and you kind of like the idea of the Hunger Games, then you will like Squid Game. I do think that Squid Game is actually... So I was expecting it to be kind of kind of bad, too. I'm not going to lie. I don't do well with Korean dramas in general, usually. But this is actually just good. And I think that the main character is so fucking interesting because... Main characters tend to be very cliche. Like we've seen so many archetypes. This guy is I just you just don't expect a lot of the shit that happens with him. The way yeah. he is, the way he thinks, the way his mind works. There's a lot of things that you just will not expect. And I think that that's what the show does well. Outside of it just being interesting to have, you know, people competing in this fucking tournament for all this money to kind of get out of debt. The overarching story is just kind of like and it's always one of the most interesting things that we could watch is how bad can humans really get yeah there's there's all i find that to be because we can't really act on it in real life without going to prison right like we don't we can only watch things like fantasy things like this to see like how shitty can people actually really be, be when there are no when there are no rules no laws when there's a lawless land and you can just do whatever you want like how bad and i'm not talking about some shitty thing like the purge because the purge is god awful it is so bad. <laughs> so, like, this is this is a lot better because it's it's slower. It's nine episodes; they're hour long, so it's nine hours of content. 
So it's not like this jam pack, like, oh, you can just kill people during a person. Like, well, like, but why am I killing people though? <laughs> like, so this Purge is so boring to me. It's just not good. Um, I'll, I'll watch those movies when I when I get a chance for uh, just like entertainment value, like it's something to do with friends because we kind of just poke fun at how bad the movie is while we're in the theater. But we I don't... only ever saw it because I went over a friend's house and it happened to be on. Yeah. So I saw it and I was like, why is this on? Yeah. This like, is oh, so I much just, like, better. Threw it on. I was like, can we throw it off? <laughs> can, we throw it? <laughs> can we throw it off? <laughs> yeah. The Squid Game is it's actually really entertaining. I genuinely like it. Um, I, I like honestly, I can't wait till the podcast is over because I want to finish. I'm on the last. I'm on episode eight, nine now. I just finished episode seven, so I want to finish these last two episodes so bad. So I'm actually super excited. But yeah, it's actually really good. It's, it's super interesting, and I don't know. I just like it. I I, I can't wait to to be done with uh, when we're done the podcast. I'm going to finish these last two episodes of Squid Game while like editing at the same time. It's just that Hell good. Yeah. I want to get I'm, me some dinner. Yes, I'm also pretty some- hungry. I got some dinner being made for me right now downstairs. Nice. What, do you know what it is? It. It's uh, I know it's chicken. I don't know how the chicken's being prepared. It's a, it's a surprise. Yeah, but chicken can like be anything. Chicken, and I saw her season. She was seasoning the shit out of that. I was. Ooh, I'm is ready. this your mom or your girlfriend? Girlfriend. Okay. And uh, I'm excited. I don't know what she's cooking down there. I just know there's chicken, broccoli, corn. Um, Damn, I'm about to come over. There was a ton of seasoning involved. And um, so you keep saying seasoning, and I'm starting to feel like your girlfriend's black. <laughs> so, like you, you've thrown out the word seasoning at least four <laughs> times in the last thirty seconds, and now I'm starting to feel yeah. like I'm starting to feel like hell yeah. Listen, <laughs> listen, man. There's been now. Here's the thing. Growing up, I never understood the like white people can't cook thing because my family could cook their asses off. Yeah, I will say this, despite the fact that you know you obviously are a white man. And you, your mom is Italian. Your dad is a Portuguese, right? Yeah, and then my um, stepmom is German Irish. Okay, but mainly like the ones that you directly descended from. Your yeah, family yeah. can cook, like period. Your they mom can cook their asses. Off. There was the one time where I came over to your house, and me, you, and Medina. I think we were all like trying to prepare some Italian like food. Like we were making spaghetti and like fucking uh, uh, cheesy bread or like some kind of fucking garlic bread or something. And we <laughs> were in the kitchen doing what we could. But your mom came in. And she fucking took over the whole operation. I'll never forget. And when I say that this lady fucking took regular ass bread and turned that shit into garlic bread right in front of my face, like she took she really fucking, did. She took actual cloves of garlic and fucking grated them down. Took actual cheese and grated it down. But like, oh, oh my god, it was insane. Like she just took over the whole operation <laughs> we were doing in the kitchen, and she fucking mixed up. We had this nice ass Italian dinner because of your mom, and I'll never forget yeah, and that. Dog, we were just like we were struggling. We, we were, were struggling just, bad. We were down we just bad. Had, we, we had, had down cheese bad, bread. We had cheese bread and red noodles. Like <laughs> we were down bad in the fourth. Okay, your mom came in and was like, "What are you doing?" And she just started <laughs> fucking cooking that shit up. And honestly, every time your mom has ever made a meal, it has been so good. It's yeah. to the point where, not only just because of her, but just because I like it so much, Italian food is in my top two favorite foods, period. Like, that is how much it's I good. like Italian food. It's it's Italian and soul food. Those are my two favorite foods. And I, I really, like, I honestly cannot put one over the other. That's how They're both good. really good. Like, soul but- food, Italian food, amazing. So yeah, I mean, growing up, my mom and then my stepmom could cook her ass off too. If my stepmom tells the story, it's funny. When she first met my dad, she couldn't cook at all. The very first dinner she ever made for me was pierogies. 
and that's oh, it. Sure. She, my dad, like, it was like around when they first started dating, and my dad, blah blah blah, and then she made, she was like, oh, I'll make dinner for everybody, and then like the dinner came out and it was just pierogies, and my dad was like, <laughs> well, where's the rest of it? She was yeah. like, oh, it's just like pierogies. He's like, yeah, but like, where's the protein? Where's this? Where's that? And she was like, what do you mean? It's just pierogies. And she, he was like, no. <laughs> and then it's funny because <laughs> she then went on to like really, really, really learn how to cook and become a bomb ass cook. So yeah. her and my mom are both bomb ass cooks. So anyway, my point is growing up, always hearing the jokes that like white people can't cook. I was like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Every black friend I've ever had over my house loves the yeah. cooking that they eat. That said, though, I've since been in some white houses and holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> holy shit. Okay. So what I was going to say is it's not that the stereotype is it's not that white people can't cook. It's that white people don't season their food. That that um, has been that has been the 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 stereotype, the ongoing uh, internet joke that that's been, you know, mostly seen everywhere is that white people don't season their foods, but like I think that like obviously I don't think that white people can't cook because I just praise your mom. She's an amazing fucking cook. And I've had some really good food from people who are Caucasian. But Yeah, yeah. But I know what you mean though. I know I've been in some houses. My one friend, his mom, I'll never forget, made the worst eggs I've ever had in my life. Eggs? And I'll how do you fuck eggs? She up? fucked up so, eggs. Do you know how many ways there are to prepare eggs and all of them? They were the worst eggs I've ever had in my whole life. I was like, how did this happen? Like they're eggs. I can make better what happened here. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's it's a good time. Yeah. Right, well, dude, I've had some, I, man, I've had some bad, but I've had some really good meals too. But yeah, obviously, you, yeah. You know, there, there's <laughs> been some times though. There's been just, sometimes it just puzzles you. You're just confused. You're like, how did this, all I'm going to say is, how did this happen? A, a little salt goes a long way. A, a little, little salt, salt goes a long, long way. way. That's, that's honestly, I just hate when food's salt. like dry and shit. And it's just like, tasteless you know how bad okay yeah. chicken without seasoning is fucking awful. it's so bad i've had it only once in my entire life i don't remember what the circumstance was of why i ate fried chicken that had, that had not been seasoned it was just fried like it literally was just floured up yeah. and fried and i assumed that it would just taste delicious i assumed yeah. that you know, like fried, it's fried chicken, chicken it looked like fried chicken everything about it screams fried chicken but when uh. i tell you that it was the most disgusting shit i've ever eaten in my entire life like it was awful Dude, the worst is when you go to like a cookout or a house party or like a family party or whatever, and you're like, all right, cool. Like, there's gonna be a bunch of food there. Like, I'm not gonna be hungry tonight. And just like the food's not good. Like, the yeah. macaroni and cheese is bad. Like, the chicken's not cooked well. Like, and then you go home hungry and you end up ordering food. Like, I wish that a house with a ton of food and I'm still hungry. Cause I've had that. Bad. I've had that happen to me. Like, and dry broccoli or some shit. Like, what yep. am I eating? <laughs> And it was at a whiteout, and it was it was bad. It was How'd you bad. pull out a whiteout? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Why'd you do that? Oh, it's it just fun, dude. I had now in general, right? Like Spanish culture is known for cooking some good ass food. I've had yes. some amazing food in some Spanish culture, but I'll go on record. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, plantains or whatever, fucking fried bananas or whatever the fuck that shit is. That shit is. Rash. I don't like I, it. I, don't I know think that everybody dogs on me. I don't think it's I don't think it's fried bananas in the sense of like because I've yeah, had fried yeah. banana. Fried bananas it's fucking not, good. Yeah, it's not actual bananas, but yeah, they're not good. I don't. I personally, and this is this is probably a cultural thing that maybe we just don't get because we didn't grow up on it. But maybe. the fried plantains don't do it for me either. I'm not the first lie. time I had them. I remember 
they were all excited because I was over uh, my friend's house and like every food I've ever had there was amazing. And then, like this one day, like oh, and they were excited for me to eat it, and I was just like, yeah, yeah, go. Yeah, I hate lying about food when I'm around people who prepared it for me or like they wanted me to try something and I'm just not feeling it. I hate that. It's so yeah. sad to let people down like that because I have a hard time like not showing it on my face. My face yeah, always yeah, says yeah. exactly what I'm thinking, even if I don't say it out loud. So if something me ask you this. Me, I I have a hard time. Let me ask you this. On Thanksgiving, do you go more for the turkey or the ham? So I love turkey and we only get it really once a year i go for the turkey first uh i have ham more often now here's what i'll say a lot of people try to shit on turkey but if your family can't cook just say that because (laughs) the families that have prepared turkey that i like my family my mom specifically (sighs) my mom's side of the family when it comes to turkey they are fucking insane at preparing it it's not dry and there's gravy so yeah, it shouldn't only, be dry, man. Like you should not be eating dry turkey. The turkey that my cousins prepare, because now like we're older, so it's not. It used to be my aunties when I was a kid who would do the Thanksgiving dinners, but now it's just us. Like our generation fucking cooks Thanksgiving dinner now. Yeah. And so my cousins who have prepared it in the last couple of years, when I tell you that they fucking throw down in the kitchen mm. on Thanksgiving, the turkey specifically though is so juicy, so moist, and the gravy that they have it with, and some mashed potatoes next to it with mm. the gravy on top too, and the collard greens, and the canned yams, and the f- candy yams, and the fucking macaroni and cheese that's just like five different mm. cheeses, and when you slice into it, it's just fucking dripping, and the, you see all the butter and the oil coming off of it, and all the cheese, and it just like pulls apart so nicely. Mm. I even fucking love cranberry sauce, and I love all the cakes and pies and cheesecake and sweet potato pie, all of it. Like I, I fucking go up for Thanksgiving. Ooh. I love it. Like my mouth is watering right so now. Top-tier. I also only have, like, I'm sure I have turkey at some other point, but I basically only have it on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Same. And like, yeah, I, I mean, when yeah. it's when it's cooked up, like it's when it's cooked right, good. it's good. No, don't get me wrong. I also fuck with ham heavy. I'm a big uh, ham. I but that's the thing. I eat ham more often. Me too. I think the reason why is legitimately. I think the overall flavor of ham. Like I just like ham more. Ham is but, very good. But turkey, the turkey's really good. I, I guess it's just probably harder to prepare. That's why I only eat it once a year. Yeah, that's why turkey it's easier for it to be bad because I feel like it's easier to make a bad turkey than it is to make a bad ham. Probably, uh, yeah. As a person who's never prepared either of those things, I couldn't tell you. But yeah. I will say that I do like turkey more because maybe it's the exclusivity of it. It's really yeah, it's like an event. Linked, it's linked to one holiday for the most part, and I, I kind of feel like it's the centerpiece of the holiday. Like when you think of Thanksgiving, yeah. you definitely think of turkey for sure, for sure. Also, mashed potatoes. When mashed potato, mashed potatoes are made right. Cause, yes. Uh, I, I don't so know, there's man. nasty ass box mashed potatoes that are like. You know, you pour some shit in, and put some mm. water in it, and then you make mashed yeah. potatoes that way. Or there's your family really knows how to cook, and they take actual potatoes and you know they boil them and then they peel them and then they mash them up, and yep. that shit is so good, like Ooh, homemade mashed, mashed potatoes, potatoes, which is something that your mom has also done for me. Yeah, she has, and they are so fucking good. Yes, man, dude. When when I don't know when you start cooking. So anyway, I guess this all started because. The argument here is that I don't know about all you other white people, but my white people know how to cook. <laughs> and oh, man. allegedly, my girlfriend downstairs is black. And, you know, she is. I, I just like you use the word seasoning in close proximity <laughs> far too many times to assume that she was anything but something ethnic. So she was killing it, though. I, I went down. I was like, I was like, damn, let's go. 
I can well, smell hopefully, it. I can smell it right now. Hopefully one day I'll eat. get to meet her because if she can cook, I'm always down to eat. Word. That's what I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'll even buy the fucking groceries. I'm that kind of man. Hell yeah. I will buy the groceries and she can go to any, if she, if she will cook, I will, I will buy the groceries and I'll even clean. I'm, I'm even the type of person that I'll clean up like the pots and pan, put the food away. Like I'm that guy. Like I'll do that. Nice. I, I don't nice. like cooking at all, but if somebody's willing Not to prepare my food, I hate it. But if somebody's willing to prepare my food for me, I will pay for everything. You don't have to worry about like you get what you want mm. and I will pay for it. I would say ladies is on the market, but not for you. So No, that doesn't apply here. But anyway, this wraps up episode 23 of the I Am Nerd podcast. As I always say now, do the things that make you happy. That's right. For me, it's going to be eating. <laughs> Go get you some dinner, King. All right. Have a good night. Good day, everybody. Thank you.